Can we talk about the ketogenic diet? Yeah, you heard me. I didn't say ketogenic. I said cheetogenic. Do you even know what that is? Well, if you haven't been paying attention, keto is what is considered by many a fad. Another lose weight quick ploy that suddenly has an army of gurus and product lines behind it that are pushing people to buy into this idea of keto. I'm not going to explain what keto is, but I will say that I do it. This isn't an ad for keto, though. This isn't even a suggestion that you do it. This really is a reflection on what I've gone through and my perspective on health. It's not just about weight loss. It shouldn't be about weight loss, in fact, because if you're doing things right and you're being healthy, then weight shouldn't be a problem. A big proponent of keto is Dr. Eric Berg. If you've seen or read any of his work, you'll know that he has said that you should focus on getting healthy to lose weight versus losing weight to get healthy. For many years, I've struggled with my own weight. I'll be perfectly honest here. Right now, I weigh about 155 pounds. This is the lowest I've weighed since, honestly, junior high. I don't even remember the last time I weighed this little. If we rewind 20 years ago to a point where I'm 18, 19, just out of high school, I tipped the scales at around 234 pounds. That's about an 80 pound difference. Now granted, we're talking about two decades here, but in that time, I've learned a lot about health, my own health in particular. And along with that came some lessons on weight and a lot of other things. But it goes back even further than that. Just to give you a little bit of perspective, I come from the great Midwest. The Midwest is essentially suburbia after suburbia after suburbia sandwiched between mini malls after mini malls after mini malls not a single mountain on the horizon just flat strips of land filled with stores and restaurants and fast food joints i'm being facetious of course i fondly look at suburbia because i i grew up in it and i love it however from a health perspective it did not encourage me to make the best choices and I can recall being a kid and eating a lot of fast food because that's what there was. And of course this has to do with your parents and what they feed you. But in my parents' defense, they were doing the best they could for me. And back then, they didn't think about health the way we think about it today. In fact, the information was very different back then. At the same time, we had all the fast food joints selling us all their goods. And we bought it because it was good. Honestly, I remember at certain points when I was a kid, I would ask for anywhere from three to six cheeseburgers from a fast food joint. I ate a lot. Now I wasn't a round kid, so to speak. I was what I consider a fat skinny person because generally speaking, my family and my relatives are not overweight people. But of course the choices we make will influence that. But the body types are still pretty much the same. And I feel like with my mom being a small lady and my dad being a um, kind of a regular medium-sized build, my body type is inclined to be smaller. However, I pushed those to the limits when I was a kid. Just by having a pot belly and getting a little rounder, as I approached being a teenager, clearly my habits started to catch up to me. 
And growing up in a household in a culture that, that tends not to indulge, but to utilize dishes like rice and bread at a very standardized level, you could go into a direction that led to where I was, where as a teenager, I was overweight. And by the time I finished high school, I was pre-diabetic. My dad developed diabetes within that decade as well. And I was on track because quite frankly, I could not live without carbs and sugar. I couldn't eat food without having either bread or rice with it. And the rice part has to do with Filipino culture, I think. Having white rice on tap was just standard. You didn't eat main courses without a serving or two of rice. Same goes with bread. And honestly, again, I credit my environment in addition to the choices that were made for me when I was younger, which gave me the inclinations to have too much of these things and too often. There's a notion of balance and really it does come down to balance, but it comes down to portion as well. So it's around two decades ago that I am tipping the scales at about 80 pounds more than I weigh right now. And the two decades that have since elapsed have been a journey for me that I wouldn't wish upon anyone. Because quite frankly, when you struggle with weight, you're not just struggling with your health, you struggle with all the factors of the psychology and the, the emotions that go along with how you feel about yourself. And clearly today, the epidemic is split into two categories of health issues and mental health issues because of our perceptions of our bodies and how that ties into our self-esteem. It's unfortunate that we see it so prevalent today in every facet of our lives in terms of media and everything that is sold to us. I learned early on that it was kind of a necessary evil to prey on our own perceptions of ourselves and our yearning to achieve certain milestones when it comes to attractiveness and self-esteem and self-worth. But it's really sad to see how that's kind of gone through its cycles and gotten to the point where it is today, where now it is such a complicated, toxic topic that it's hard to know where to begin. I can only look at it from the lens of my own experience, which is to say that in my 20s, I was relatively overweight and, and working in retail, in particular in retail pharmacy of all places, a place that nurtured the purchasing of products to address symptoms of problems that most of the time was caused by the person themselves. I'm not talking about pre-existing conditions, quote, or, or hereditary issues, but the kind of as seen on TV, hey, buy this pill, use this cream, take this product so that you will be better, faster, stronger. I freely bought into that and tried so many things over the years to get healthy and to lose weight when really none of those things were actually getting healthy or losing weight, despite the outcomes, whatever they were. I think we fool ourselves into thinking that there's easy solutions to everything, but really there aren't. There's easy answers. That doesn't mean that the solution itself is easy. And I think that's the distinction that needs to be made. I've always said that diet and exercise are the key to having a healthy body weight and proportion and even image. That's no secret. That's not a surprise. Yet every product and every gimmick that's sold to us tends to imply that, no, there is a magic trick to do it, that you don't actually have to put in the work or the time or the energy. But that's simply not true. The first time I lost any significant amount of weight came a little bit after that era 
of post high school pre-diabetes. I was probably the most unhealthy at that point in my life than I've ever been since. The starchy carbs, like the breads and the rice, that was still there, even when I wasn't at home anymore. And on top of that, I maintained a steady input of sugary drinks and sodas, which again, also dates back to when I was a kid. So this constant influx of carbs and sugar into my system battened me up significantly and made me very, very unhealthy for my teenage years and into my 20s. But then along with the lifestyle I was living at that point, you added some other bad habits. And next thing you know, my routine was staying up all hours of the night, drinking lots of caffeine, smoking cigarettes, hanging out, doing all these things that wreaked havoc on my metabolism. And somehow or another, I managed to lose some weight at that point. And honestly, it wasn't because of a change in diet or even the addition of exercise, which wasn't happening. It was because of stress and the kind of life I was living. And the next thing you know, because I wasn't eating so much, even making the poor choices I did when I ate or when I drank, as in sodas and things like that, I managed to lose some weight. I lost like 30 pounds or something. And while that was a shock to me, I didn't think that it was something that was sustainable. But it kind of stuck because for the next several years into my mid-20s, I kind of stayed around that 200 range, down from around 220, 230. And again, I wasn't doing anything differently. In fact, if anything, I was doing more things and worse. Still a lot of starchy carbs, still a lot of sugar. If you know anything about keto, you understand the role that carbs and sugar play in the ketogenic diet, which is to say that they shouldn't play a role. Into my late 20s, I still stayed well over 200, even popping up to around 210 or so. And I was somehow convincing myself that by eating things like lean cuisines and hot pockets, that I was somehow making better choices for myself. Switching to Coke Zero and zero calorie drinks that may not have had sugar, but had plenty of other things like aspartame in them. All these things I was doing somehow convinced myself that I was making a difference in my own health when I would still make the other poor choices in conjunction with them. It's like ordering a pizza and then getting Diet Coke and thinking that the Diet Coke is somehow offsetting the fact that you're eating an entire pizza. I was lying to myself, which I think a lot of people do, but we're also kind of encouraged to lie to ourselves because in the end, the answer has always been diet and exercise, diet and exercise. It's never changed. It's not a mystery, but we deny it. And again, I'm kind of crediting this to the Midwestern lifestyle because if I didn't move and change my lifestyle drastically and find a sense of community and connection with a lot of other people who tend to go in this direction as well, then I probably wouldn't be far off from how I was. In fact, I might have had worse things happen to me than just thinking I was pre-diabetic. In any case, towards my late 20s, I started cutting back a little and thinking, okay, I think it's time to start taking my health a little bit more seriously. Trying to introduce exercise and some modicum of diet control, which was still tough because I wasn't knowledgeable or even seeking out research to help myself. But I would do things that completely contradicted the idea of trying to get healthy. And I think a lot of people get stuck at this point. For example, for a while, I think it was like six months, I did the P90X program. This was at the end of my 20s. And I thought, yes, this is my chance. 
I saw this infomercial at like three in the morning at some hotel about this P90X program and I was all gung-ho and motivated to get myself in shape. Let's do this. I went, got the program, started doing it and it only lasted six months. But in that six months, I feel like I worked really hard and I, I tried to really stick to the program. But of course, I stuck to it on my own terms. And my terms were, I'm going to do all the workouts and work really hard. But, you know, uh, as far as the diet, I'll just eat better or I'll eat less or I'll whatever excuse I made up at the time. But I didn't factor in anything about the diet that was being suggested. I think part of me was like, no, that's another thing for me to buy. I have to buy a recovery shake and then I have to buy all this food that they're suggesting or have to cook these things myself. I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that kind of money. These are things that I probably said. Bottom line is I didn't actually do them. I just did the exercises. And you know what? I got zero results. And when you're the kind of person that goes and steps on a scale one day to the next, which really you shouldn't do, and you see, ooh, a pound here, a pound there, or even like five pounds, and you get all excited and happy and motivated, and you think that that's progress, I don't mean to burst a bubble of someone who sees that as progress, but in the big scheme of things, if you're just looking at a number on the scale, it's not progress. Because the scale doesn't mean so much in terms of health. That number, as so many people will say, it's just a number. Your weight is just a number. And it shouldn't be the be-all, end-all. Because you can see someone at a healthy version of a certain weight and an unhealthy version. And then to confuse people even further, we are given a lot of information that somehow standardizes our weight and our body mass and excludes so many characteristics of what make people individuals. All these things are ignored because you're given just numbers like BMI and that's it. That's what you're supposed to be striving for. And then we measure that against the imagery that we're given in popular mainstream media and in commercial publications and in film and TV and Hollywood. All these mix into one big soup that isn't really that good for you. But it smells good, even looks good, but it's not. And so there I was at the end of my 20s and really haven't made much progress from when I was in my late teens, still doing bad things to my body and somehow also confusing myself into thinking that I was making some corrective choices. If you ever take a pill and think that it's making you healthy, that's probably the worst way to start. There is no quick fix to health. It's a process. It's a journey if you want to be philosophical. But really, it's just a process. It's cause and effect. And entering into my third decade of life, I hadn't been paying attention to the effects. And I was definitely ignoring the causes. Ultimately, I still wasn't happy. I didn't feel good. And it's not so much an esteem thing. And at my age, I guess at any age I would have had these thoughts, I would have realized that I probably shouldn't feel like this. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't seem optimal. My father-in-law tried to introduce me and my wife to a technique that he had been studying by a renowned author and health specialist in Poland, Jan Kwasniewski. I was given this book about optimal health. It was translated into English, but I didn't quite latch on to it. It seemed all well and fine, but it seemed like this regimen that, I don't know, maybe it was the presentation, it somehow seemed too old school and not very contemporary and 
just it wasn't presented in a way that really made me want to jump on it. But the basic principles are the ratio of fat to protein to carbs, which is to say that there should be more fat than protein and carbs. I think the ratio was twice as much fat. It was an incremental ratio of fat being higher than protein and carbs, carbs being the lowest of that ratio. And while I really love the idea of optimal health coming from something like that, it really did go against what has been a standard notion of health in this country, at least in Western society, with the idea of the food pyramid that put breads and grains at the bottom being the most you should consume versus oils and fats at the top being the least. But in recent years, suddenly research has started to show that maybe that setup isn't quite as on point as we once believed. Because for the past 50 years, we've been promoting low fat and non fat and lots of bread and lots of starches and carbs. And yet we have the highest rate of heart disease and diabetics and resulting conditions from that diet. People started seeing that correlation. It was a funny South Park episode where the big conspiracy was that they flipped the food pyramid upside down and they put fats and oils on top and made that be the dominant source of energy. Suddenly that corrected a lot of health issues. Now, while that seems kind of funny, it ends up being more true than you think. And in recent years, the ketogenic diet kind of emerged from all this noise and really started making a difference in many people's lives past the point where it's trying to sell you a piece of workout equipment or a pill or even a workout program. What is the ketogenic diet based on? Well, to put it simply, it's similar to what I learned about at the end of my 20s, which is to say that the diet will rely on fats as a source of energy and will lower the carb intake because it all comes down to insulin. Foods that are high on the glycemic index and that spike your insulin sends you down a path to many, many problems. In fact, I'm willing to say that an overwhelming majority of the problems that so many people in our country especially have can be traced back to diet. And so where does that put me? Well, I ignored that idea at the start of my third decade. And while I think I got a little bit better Maybe I limited my consumption a little bit more and I kind of regulated myself portion wise, perhaps just didn't do as many bad things. I did drop a little bit more weight, but honestly, not that much. I still hovered around the 190 range. It wasn't until I was around 35 when I really started going, okay, it's time to start really taking my health seriously and it's time to start exercising. So I did. I started running because I'm not and haven't been the type of person to go to a gym and lift a lot of weights because to me there just wasn't a lot of functionality in it. When I thought about it, of course I could go to the gym and lift weights and maybe even get a trainer and bulk up, but if that doesn't really serve a function in my everyday life, then really it becomes about maintaining that. It seems like it's just for aesthetic reasons. For example, if you're a lumberjack or whatever trade you're in, you will build muscles based on the activities that you do and that you need to do. I felt like going to the gym and bulking up and, and, and doing these things didn't really fit my life um, and it didn't fit my needs. I felt like running though. Running felt right. It would maintain cardiovascular health and it would burn fat, all these things. And I started doing that and I felt better. 
I didn't necessarily see a change. Certainly the numbers didn't change, but I started feeling better. Just the activity and the blood flow really made a difference. And then when I was 37, remember it was just after my eldest daughter's first birthday, I realized that over the previous month, we had a lot of friends and family staying with us. And of course, there's a lot of celebrating and eating. I started tipping the scales and ended up close to 200 again. And I said, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm done with the roller coaster and I really feel awful. That feeling of just always being uncomfortable in your skin, but a legitimate discomfort because of your inflexibility and all these things associated with the pressure of carrying so much weight, the aches and the pains and the inflammation. That okay, that's it. I'm gonna I have to I have to get back on the horse. I had kind of stopped running because I had what I thought was plantar fasciitis, which is basically my foot hurt. I mean, it is kind of a valid excuse to stop running because that's what you need to run. But at the same time, I couldn't find a solution for it. I couldn't find a remedy. And so I kind of stopped running, which I was running like three to five times a week. No change in the scales, but I felt better and I was a little bit more limber. At this point, with the weight encroaching on me once again, I said, something's got to be done. So I started running again. In fact, I started running five to six days a week. And I would run three mile stretches every morning. Immediately, I dropped some weight, maybe around 10 pounds, which felt great. I felt great. And I started doing that again just on the regular. I said, I'm just going to run forever now. Like, this will never stop. I, it's something that I should be doing. It's something that I've come to like doing. So I will just run as part of my life, always. And I haven't stopped since then, as I enter into my fourth decade. But at that time, I dropped some initial weight, those 5 to 10 pounds, but my weight stayed relatively static from that point, despite the fact that I felt better from having this regular routine of running. So last year, the age of 38, I decided that I was going to try and make another change and see about my diet. And for the first month or so, I experimented with a couple ideas regarding portions and even utilizing some meal replacements. It didn't quite do anything. And it wasn't ideal. Of course, keto and the ketogenic diet has been in the press and has entered the mainstream over the past couple years and has become a very, very talked about topic and it's gotten a lot of attention. And I paid a little attention here and there, but really I thought it was an echo of what I had learned previously from my father-in-law. It wasn't until I tried it that I realized, oh, that's what they're talking about. And suddenly everything came together. Suddenly everything in my life that I'd been doing to that point seamlessly connected in this crazy crisscrossing railroad track roller coaster track across all these lines of health and unhealth and pain and discomfort all the way to this point where all I had to do was follow a few simple principles that are basically the ketogenic diet and from November 2018 to it is now May I'm at about 40 pounds down give or take there's always going to be a five pound flux. That's water. Generally speaking though, I'm at about 40 down. And it's because I follow a couple principles, super basic principles regarding the ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting, which by the way, I haven't mentioned fasting this entire time, but if you know about keto, then you should also know about its component, intermittent fasting. And by employing a couple of those very, very simple principles into my daily life, on top of the fact that I still exercise, suddenly I'm feeling better than I've 
ever felt in my entire life. Now, mind you, I'm not telling you to buy anything. I'm not even telling you to do this. I'm sharing with you my revelation in my own health, because quite frankly, it still surprises me that I've gone this long without taking my health as seriously as I take it now. And yet I'm having more benefit from it than I've ever had with the least amount of effort that I would have ever thought, which is why I say cheetogenic diet. Because really, you think about a diet, you think, oh, I have to follow all these rules. I can't do this. I can't do that. This is worth this many points or, or whatever it is that you try, whatever gimmick, whatever ploy. But the point is that we all love, quote, cheat days. We all love to indulge. While I'm not in the camp that tends to overindulge on things like sweets, my vices were the starchy carbs and the rice and to an extent sugar, but in drinks, giving the, the sugary drinks up was really not an issue because there's really no benefit to any of those things. They offered me nothing in terms of health. It was the starches and the carbs that became really difficult. But by, at the point I was at the towards the end of my 30s, I'm thinking about my kids and I'm thinking, don't I want to be around for them? Isn't that a common lament? Do I want it to be too late before I can do anything else? Do I want to get sick or have something happen before I make any changes? So the cheetogenic diet for me is the fact that, I don't know, I feel like because I follow these simple rules and I follow a schedule, I feel like I can eat things that once upon a time I would say, yeah, that's, that's not okay to eat. I actually have the freedom to eat foods that I love and even indulge in some foods that have been labeled as bad because I am following these principles. Everyone is going to do things differently. And what works for me is not going to work for you. So I'm not going to tell you exactly what I do. That's not why I'm saying all this. It's our perception of what we feel is right and wrong and how much we self-regulate and how much we let ourselves slip and how much we guilt ourselves and how much we deny it and then how much we go back in this endless cycle of going back and forth and back and forth. At some point, that gets tiring. And it's sad that it took a couple decades for me to get tired of it. But looking back, I guess it's worth it because of how I feel right now and how I feel today. I guess the best way to think about it for me, the way that puts it into perspective, is when I'm looking at health, when you're looking at the complicated processes, this huge orchestration of all the functions of your body and your health, and from the day you're born until the day you die, how all these things play out, it's, it's easy to lose sight of what's actually happening because of how distracted we are with what we tell ourselves and what we tell each other and what we show each other in movies and TV and film and magazines and newspapers. All these things can easily distract us from what's actually happening with us. I look at it a little bit differently. Instead of trying to break it down from a purely scientific level, I think of health as when you're born, there's a big white canvas, a clean slate. Nothing's been put on it. And really everything you do from that point on Everything you put into your body, every choice you make for yourself, health-wise, physically, mentally, emotionally, it adds a stroke of color on that canvas. So these people who nitpick every calorie and nitpick every gram of food, when you get down that granular, you're setting yourself up for a frustration for when you don't adhere to a number. And really, that relates also to the weight. But if you think of it as small brushstrokes on a canvas painting a bigger picture of your health and your life, then you realize that all these things kind of get lost in the big picture. And when you're focusing on that, in my eyes, my version of keto, the cheetogenic diet, 
which let's be honest, it really is keto. It's just how I'm framing it is that you look at the big picture and not the small strokes. You pay attention to the color, not so much the line width. In other words, don't lose yourself in the details or else you will never see that big picture. If you're guided by principles as opposed to rules, then I feel like you're more likely to get a better outcome. Frankly, rules can be broken. Rules can be argued. Principles, though, guide you, and you can adapt what you do based on the principles in any situation versus having to match it up against something that is clearly defined. So did I help you decide what you're going to do with your health? Probably not. That wasn't the intention of this little rant. In fact, I wasn't even trying to turn you on to keto. What I will say is that the way we look at the big picture of our health, I think is something that I'd love to share with other people because more often than not, we're too busy looking at the little strokes of color as opposed to the big picture. And if we were all able to see that in our lives, it might make a difference. But in the end, if you want pizza, have pizza. Just get the cauliflower crust.